this is Geek Inside the Panic Room, where we explore our passions with zero limits, mixed with the occasional bit of chaos. You don't have to be famous to have a story to tell. So strap yourself in and enjoy the ride. G'day guys and welcome back to Peek Inside the Panic Room. Today's going to be a very special episode for me. i got one of my good mates in the studio today in the panic room with me here at Burley. Damo Giles, legend bloke. I've known him for a long time. I'm thinking it's got to be nearly 30 years. G'day everyone and uh, I'd say close. I think we actually met... At um at twenty first, uh, one of our mates, Adam yes, Berner, yes, and I'm pretty sure we had a um we discovered we had a mutual sort of uh, love for Baywatch. Well, that well, and it's a good place to start. It is, you know, and we had this common ground. Yeah, and I, I remember you telling me a story. I think on that same night about when David Hasselhoff was in Germany, he was wearing his Baywatch gear, you know, and um and it just you automatically you and I just went oh. I get him. Isn't it funny when you just when you click with someone automatically and you find that once you start to scratch below the surface that you know even though there's you know probably nearly twenty years difference in our ages, um, <laughs> but that we're actually quite quite similar. Yeah. Well, the, the the irony of that is the older one looks younger. But um, well, look, I was blown <laughs> away when I found out you were actually older than me, uh, and I was like, that can't be possibly true. So hang on, what is there about six, seven years between us, maybe? Yeah, I'm forty seven this year. You'd be fifty three this year. Yeah, fifty three yeah, this year. So yeah. six years, and he looks ten years younger than me. But <laughs> still to this day. Yeah. So anyway, but obviously then we played a lot of football together, yeah. like rugby um, union. A lot of fun down at uh, Rat Park for the yep. Ringer Rats. Spent yes. um, a good decade down there at least, probably yeah. a bit more. Absolutely. A lot, a lot of the same teams. Yep. And obviously you were in the forwards, I was in the backs, but yep. you wanted to be in the backs. Correct. And you did not want to be in the forwards. <laughs> no. In fact, in fact, <laughs> no, you wanted to no, you wanted to be as far away from the forwards <laughs> as possible, which is why I usually played on the winger at fullback. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that was probably because I was a lot smaller and uh, lucky I had speed to get away from the big guys. But... um. Yeah, but everyone knew you though because you were this monster. The size of you when you were like <laughs> late teens, twenty. Mm. It was like, look at the size of this bloke, and yeah. uh, it just unit was how you describe yeah. you. I was a man child. We've <laughs> I've discussed in in other podcasts about my uh, early maturity. Um, I did. It has been the rumor is is that I started puberty in year three. Now. <laughs> To be honest, that's not a rumour. <laughs> no, I know. Well, I remember going to the movies in 21 and getting in for a child, which was 14 and under. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've seen a lot of photos of you, and it's difficult to tell exactly how old you are. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad thing, though. No, especially once when you get older. When I you hated get, it when I was young. Yeah, well, this is it's yeah. a long game. Life, yeah. Life's a long game. That's right. And, and we just don't know when we're young that... We're playing a long game here. <laughs> yeah. No, but a lot of great times with Damo. A lot of a lot of fun times on the footy field. A lot of probably more fun times off the footy field. Yep. We spent a lot of Saturday nights together, and yeah, so it's great. That, it's great that we've got him here in the panic room. He's got a really a really interesting story to tell. Uh, he's a uh, he's a husband. He's a father. He's got a lot of passions that that I don't know all of them about, and you're about to find out about a couple of them very soon, and that's very exciting. But let's start. First and foremost, with your family. Now, you were one of the you're one of my the first of my closest mates to to have children. Obviously, because I was a bit younger, 
Mate, what did that mean? Uh, having kids. Yeah. Yeah, it, a life changer. It. Uh, I used to be the most amazing sound sleeper where I could sleep through anything till the day my son was born and came home and then I became the world's lightest sleeper. I'd wake up if I could hear a breath or anything. So, and even to this day, <laughs> my sleep is rubbish because I have become this really light sleeper. But look, other than that, yes, it, obviously the focus of everything was, uh, f- you know, for your kid, you know, uh, wanting them to have fun. Like I actually have fun when they have fun. So when I was, if I take them to the beach, they're having fun. I'd just sit there and do nothing. But because they were having a ball, I had a great time. I've, I've got to say, mate, just on that, I don't think I know a father that has more fun with their kids than you do. I honestly am in awe of the relationship you have with your three kids because you genuinely enjoy their company. It's obvious. You genuinely enjoy spending time with them. It's, you know, it is, it's, it's actually awe-inspiring. Well, I think, you know, we, we are a family that has gone on a lot of cruises and whatever, and our kids never used to go to kids' clubs or anything, so we thought... Come with us. Come with us to the to the pub. You go into the pubs. They weren't drinking or anything. But come with us. Come and do karaoke. Come and do this. So we actually all sort of hung together and we, we ended up having a ball together. I mean, oh, look, it's not like I, you know, hang out with the kids all the time. But we do do a lot of the same things together. Yeah, like for instance, like I said, we you know, with karaoke, we'll all go. The whole family will go and sing together and get on the cruises and we'll get hit the dance floor together. And you know, it's a. I suppose it's um. But one thing I've always wanted to do was like get up there doing things like with with the kids, but also showing them that it's okay to get up on the dance floor. Yeah, you know, you know, just go for it, have a bit of fun. If I can do it, you can certainly do it. So they're now fearless; they just get up and do whatever the heck they want, and they have a ball. So, yeah, and your son, your, your eldest mm-hmm. Jackson, he's one of the great clappers. Oh, one of the great clappers ever to grace any. <laughs> Well, public place. It is. He's got a wingspan of an albatross yeah, and he uses wingspan. that in his clap. Yeah, it's like does. you don't need to no. have your arms two metres apart and yeah. bring them together to clap. Yeah. But he does. But he, and, and I've always felt whenever I've been in a room and Jackson's clapping, <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. The, yeah. the atmosphere yeah. is, is, it's just ratcheted up. Look, honestly, but that would be the peak of his skills because other than that, <laughs> I, I mean, besides being a really good clapper, you know, it, that's it. I don't know, it, mate. I, not many people have had a international superstar reply to a tweet or a message or anything oh, you remember like that? Jackson yeah, did. Yeah, with um, one of my heroes with Mark Hamill. That's yes, it. Um, when when Jackson did send him a tweet and Mark Hamill responded, and it was a bit of a spoiler too because it was basically Jackson asking Mark Hamill, who was Luke Skywalker. What did you think when you got the script for... Was The Force Awakens? Was that the first one? Yeah, it was one? The Force Awakens, yeah. yeah. And he's obviously because he didn't have one line. Because he's not in the fucking movie yeah, he, until he, the very end. Yeah, the very end. So he doesn't have a line. And Mark Hamill responded back going, speechless. Which yeah, was a... Uh, very clever. Which was, yeah. But also it was like, hang on. And then there was, uh, you know, all of a sudden this sort of blew up. It was like, hang on, he's given it away, you know. So he had to actually remove the tweet. Yeah. So, But yes, you're but right. But I do remember I turned up to your house and... And Jackson had it printed off and <laughs> yeah, had it. He, he had it. Yeah, it's it, framed. It's framed. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it should it should be. Yeah, yeah. You know, he'd uh, he'd reached the pinnacle, like top of the top of the tree for clapping. Yeah, top of the tree for good mates um, with Mark Hamill. Just this is it. Best mates. Luke Best yeah, mates. Yeah. You know he's uh you know he's 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 a Padawan. He's he's almost yeah. You know, well, not almost. I, he is. I might have to check. Yeah, he's probably yeah. got some sort of force. He, he might yeah. have. He probably got a secret tattoo. 
somewhere. Yeah, on his ankle, like some other losers that we know. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. quality ones that have all blurred yeah. into blobs now. This yeah. is it. This is it. So yeah, mate. Look, uh, look. It's family. Obviously, family first with you. Uh, very tight knit unit. You go away on a lot of holidays. You go away on a lot of cruises. You tend to then become the uh, the the kings of the cruises. People know the Giles family when you're cruising, right? They absolutely do because we get involved in everything. And and I remember saying to the, the the entertainment people on the cruise, you know, like, oh, thanks for making, you know, this cruise really fun. And, th- and I remember them coming up to me at the end of one of our cruises, like, mate, the reason, th- thank you, because we make their job easy. <laughs> like, you need a volunteer to come and do this. Yeah, I'll do it. You want to do this, this. Oh, I need a dance off. Yeah, I'll do that. Do this. And, and we just get involved. And so they actually love us because we actually make their life easy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we d- definitely, like, you know, I've gone in a lot of, um, you know, they're, the Pacific pop stars, uh, you know, karaoke competitions, and I can't sing, but it's not about singing; it's about entertainment. So, I but but it, but it's also a little bit about competition, because you and your wife are two of the most competitive people against each other that I've ever met. Well, you know, Jody and Jody can sing. Jody's got a really nice sing. voice. She yes. can sing, and she's actually super serious about it, yes. which makes it even better because you not being so serious and taking the piss yes. makes it all the better when what happens? When I wipe the floor with them. So basically her and her <laughs> sister, so we've all, all sort of um, gone into these competitions and they're very serious singers and good singers. And then I get up there and I do some Copacabana by Barry Manilow and uh, and then, yeah, it's me that um, comes away with the um, the chocolates at the end. Yeah, but you are a showman. Then I, they've got the talent. Yes. Without the flair. Mm. You've got lots of flair and, and no very talent. little talent. Yeah, zero. Yes, yeah. that's for sure. But that's fine. It's it's about the show. Yeah, but it is it is fun. And, uh, you know, like uh, I just know if you're up on stage and you're doing something uncomfortable and you feel like this is, oh, my gosh, I'm really pushing here, that's what the audience love. We're, I'm going to give you just an insight into the way that Damo Giles's brain works. Damo, as we've as I've spoken about, we've known each other for a long time, and, and I remember this so clear as day that it was his thirtieth birthday, and I've been involved in two of his major birthdays. And we're going to talk about both of them: his thirtieth and his fiftieth. Now, for his thirtieth birthday, we were just—it must have been over a few beers at the footy club—and Damo, we were just talking, and f- somehow the thought of a, a an auction came up. And I just grabbed that with fucking two hands and went, yeah, "That's amazing. Let's let's do a uh, let's do an auction." So what we did is we did an auction for his thirtieth birthday, where Damo supplied a lot of old memorabilia from his house. And when we talk about memorabilia, we're not talking about signed Wallaby jerseys or uh, State of Origin jerseys or anything of any real value, but we're talking about third grade maths tests where he got a yep. B plus. Yep. We're talking, lot. yeah, we're talking about. The oldest pair of Ring Your Rats footy socks you've ever seen. He probably got down to 14s. Uh, we're talking about stuff that had nothing but sentimental value. The funniest thing was, was that auction that night at his 30th birthday raised about 300 bucks. <laughs> I think it was more. I think, actually, I think it was more, but, and which went straight back onto the bar for everyone to drink. It was, and mate, that was, that's when you, when I think about Damo, I think about shit like that. I think of outside the square. Yeah, I, I do remember Manny Edmonds at that stage. He was a wallaby. He was a wallaby, yeah. And he just bought a pair of my socks for 30 bucks. Yeah. He's going, why did I spend 30 bucks on those <laughs> socks? And he used to get everything for free. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, and so, like, it was, I remember looking out in this crowd. There must have been 100 people in this room, and I'm oh. holding this auction. Yeah. And I've got people As up, the auctioneer with as the hammer. I was the yeah. auctioneer with the blow-up hammer. Yep. And 
it was it was just incredible to look out and have these people bidding. It was a bidding war for like a a sixth grade uh, English essay. Yeah, you know, it was just incredible. It, it got actually out of hand and embarrassing because the final thing that I can't remember what the final thing was, but it was there was a, a syndicate that got together and they yeah. bought it for about a hundred bucks. Yeah. and I'm thinking I. Don't I don't want people spending a hundred bucks. So, yeah. so in the end, we thought oh, we got to give the money back. How do yeah. we do it? And then we 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 ended up coming up with, well, why don't we just stick it on the bar? We or we gave them up. half back. No, we stuck it all on the bar. We, we stuck it on the bar, <laughs> and then I made. And I think you ordered the first thing that nearly cleaned yeah. it all out. Yeah, I, I ordered a you know, something special from the bar, and there was only about sixty bucks left <laughs> yeah. after that. But then, then that leads us into the next thing, which is really going to lead us into the main discussion. I think now. Yep. So as we said, like Damo's always thinking out of the box about how he can do something just a little bit different. And when it comes to events, this man is the guy. And again, I remember that I got a, a message on, on Facebook Messenger uh, from Damo one day and it was early in the year and I just this messenger saying, I need a favour for you for my 50th birthday. I was like, well, mate, yeah, sure. What is it, mate? And he goes, I'll get back to you. So that another couple of weeks went and then... I, I think we'd seen each other. We, I think we had a get-together with all the families and stuff. And I said, well, what's going on? And he said, we're going to do a Backstreet Boys performance at my 50th birthday and I need you involved. Now, I don't shy away from that kind of stuff, but I must admit I was a little nervous <laughs> because it just I knew because Damo was involved it wasn't going to be half-assed. And boy, it was not half-assed. Now, he got another good friend of ours, Gao, from Born to Watch. Go to Born to Watch podcast. One of the greatest movie podcasts on uh, Spotify today. Fastest growing podcast in Eleonora, Queensland. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's one heck of a stat. That's it. That's a stat. You don't throw that, them around you don't. to it, no. I, Not lightly. No. Not lightly. Yeah. He also got Damo's younger brother, Brendan. Yes. Brendan Giles, who is, if Damo's the funniest guy I know, then Brendan's the second funniest guy I know. Brendan's a larrikin. And yep. when you put the four of us together, who knew it would be the explosion of creativity that it became? Yep. I fobbed that off for some time. We sort of talked about it a little bit. You would send through the lyrics. I remember we had a meeting at my house with yep. me and Gao and you, and you had these lyrics. And I just sort of forget. And I tend to do this. When I was in school musicals, I'd tend to not rehearse until the pressure really got on. And then I would, you know, I would perform and, of course, crush it. Um, of course. But I do recall the panic started to set in because you started to send through dance moves. Yeah. Right? And they would come through on Messenger and you would go, you would, you know, take us through the one, two, three, four. And, <laughs> yeah. and then and then we would then be expected to film ourselves and send them back to Damo so that he could critique us and tell us what we were doing wrong. I was literally <laughs> sweating bullets. Right? And I, I I can perform. I live to perform. I'm I'm I enjoy that. I think it was the moment when Brendan sent through his oh. routine was the one when I thought this is going to be okay. That yeah, I've that is still some of the funniest uh, attempted dancing ever. Yeah, it, and he, with his little flair on the end. Yeah, I I yeah, that's yeah. right. He ad libbed at the end, and that was the bit. Yeah, that was just yeah. So Obviously, not doesn't really um, convey too good on a pop. Podcast no, so if we can, yeah. we might we might attach a link. To a know. snippet of the rehearsal, which I think we might be able to, maybe, or a, sni a snippet of the show would be even better, mm. uh, or upload some of the in in the show notes. So just check if there's a link there for the for the Backstreet Boys revival. And this was before the Backstreet Boys started doing their, no, that's right, their, yeah. their, their actual tour. So people in Victoria Point, up in up in uh, you know, south of Brisbane, they actually seriously thought the Backstreet Boys were coming. 
And um, they weren't disappointed when, when, when they rocked out of the green room. I.e. your bedroom. Well, yeah. I.e. your bedroom. That's right, yeah. But Damo, you know, he went all out. He built a stage. He yep. built a backdrop. Yep. And he planned a whole show. So, you know, his kids, his daughters were singing. Some, yep. some friends were Actually, singing. Good singers. Good singers. Actually, really good. all good singers. Yeah, the, the, and it's the not pre-show often. entertainment was good singers. Yeah, the pre-show was quality. And no one actually knew. There was about four people that knew, and I think they were all married to the people involved, knew what was going to happen for the main event. No, that's right, yeah. And so when we snuck out during the show and went and got ready in the green room, i.e. Damo's bedroom, and we're all dressed in our gear, and we came out of that stage. Yeah. It was it was like we were in Madison Square hilarious. Garden. <laughs> what well, could yeah, yeah, I know. It was <laughs> Victoria Point was pumping. Yeah. yeah. Yep. In my backyard, people all around, just loving it. Yeah. No, it was, laughing, clapping, yeah. cheering. Yeah. No, it was very, 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 very funny. A lot of fun. Three songs and an encore. Yep. An unplanned encore. Uh, totally unplanned. We did not think we would require an encore. No, no. But we knew. Oversight. We yeah. knew the minute our shoulders raised for the first dance move, choreographed dance move. Yep. Mate. There were some wet <laughs> underpants in the crowd that day. Well, they were thrown on stage. Yeah, there were underpants thrown on stage. Yeah. A lot of them were male. Yeah. But, you know, we'll Maybe take all them. all of them. Yeah, who yeah. cares? It <laughs> doesn't matter. And I, yeah, pair of is a pair of In this day and age, it <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> that's right. does not matter. Yeah. So that's, that's going to lead me to the next part, I think, because you've always been a performer. You've, you've always been creative. Like you, you are in the top six backyard artists in Victoria Point. Yeah, that's what, in my street. I'm in the top six. Yeah, top six. There are four houses in your street. Yep, yep. It's an honour. Yeah. But when I f- found out that you were what you were going to do next, it blew my mind. And I think that we had a another get together with the families of your house, and you were building the extension at the back of your house. Yes, the man cave. The man cave. Yeah. The well, shed. Did, yeah, and and so it was being built, and then. Initially, the word was it was going to be a man cave. Yeah. And then it started to be the rumours. There were rumours. There were. There were rumours. I heard them and I saw saw them coming, yeah. Yeah. There were rumours that it was going to be a dance studio. Exactly. And obviously, both your daughters dance. Yes. Caitlin and Whitney. Yeah. Caitlin and Whitney, shout out to of the great kids and patient, patient children. (laughs) Now, you would think when someone's building a dance studio in their backyard and their two daughters dance, that it would be for the daughters. Well, you know, yeah, well, eventually, yes. But no, of course, and that wasn't the original plan. It was, yeah, but then once it got converted into a dance studio, well, what hope did I have? No, well, this is it. So, Damo has started what we what is now known as the famous Barrick Dads Dance Crew. That's correct, yep. And this started because you and a few dads would watch your daughters dance. Yep. And I'm fairly certain it would have been you that thought, yeah, I can do this. Absolutely. Ex- explain, explain the birth of Barrick's dad's dance crew. Well, I suppose, uh, obviously, it is a good starting point, my Backstreet Boys concert, because I built a stage there. You did. Right, so I've got a stage. I've still got it at home, and it's come out quite a bit. And I tell you, it's hard to move. It's bloody heavy. Well, it's a stage that can handle me. Yeah, true. With yeah. three other people on it, at least. So yeah. it's a big stage. It's 4.8 by about 1,200. So it's, you can either have it configured as a long thing or as square. So I've got the stage. But anyway... Um, when we, when the, my girls started dancing, like there, for years, I didn't actually go to the dance, um, the concerts and end of year concerts because I, that, that exact same night was the, the same night that the Alley Board Riders would always have their final year presentation night. 
and I, well, I'd always go down to that. And so I'd miss a lot of the dances. But then when Caitlin got in the um, Steadford team, I think it was 2018, which means that so part of the dance school they have weekend, you know, mate, four or five sort of weekends per year. They got competitions where they compete against other dance schools. So I had to take Caitlin to them to to the Steffords, and I obviously sat in the audience and watched because my, my Jody works on a lot of Sundays. So if it was Sunday, well, I had to go. So when I I went to this uh, Wynnum Manly Steffords, and I actually sat there and watched it in all these different schools, and I actually really enjoyed it and saw the different styles. And I was, and then and then you'd hear the adjudicator. The adjudicator would give their opinions, and you sort of listen to it, and they go, I think, and then they'd give you results: who came first, second, third fourth or highly commended or very highly commended or whatever. And you, you sort of, then I'd sort of think, oh, okay, that was kind of interesting, the way that they judged that. So I'd go and watch those at Stedfords. Then, uh, yeah, 2019, both my daughters were in the Stedfords. And I found that, you know, you your kids will dance in one dance, then there's 20 dances or 30 dances in between. So yeah. it's... Punishing. It's, yeah, and it's it's a long day. But, but, it, but it reminded me, but when I was, my kids were back in, say, swimming squad, that was the same thing. They had one swim. And then be 20 or 30 swims later, they'd be in the next one. So what I found the best way to kill time was to actually get involved. And, and I used to be a timekeeper. So I'd timekeep and I'd be involved in pretty much every single race. And I actually made it, made it go quicker, actually made it more enjoyable. So then with the dancing, I decided to actually adjudicate myself. Like I'd buy the program and I would adjudicate. So if there was 20 performances on in, say, fast jazz, I would score them all. And then I would compare my scores with the adjudicator scores. This... this does not surprise me. And you know what? Yeah, and and I uh, like I'd come out later, and they say, "Oh, how did you go?" Oh, let me check my notes. And they're going, "What?" <laughs> you know. And I'll be sitting there with like the lady who owns school. Yeah, I've got my notes here, and I'll compare them here with this. And but like I found, like I had my own scale, and I wasn't into technique. You pointed your toe here or your fingers. Yeah. I just based it on energy or effort or just entertainment value. And I, and I found that my my scores were pretty close, pretty accurate. Like in fact, like you know, around eighty percent to what the scores would be from the adjudicators. So in 2019 then, so after my Backstreet Boys concert, I obviously enjoyed... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yep. Our Backstreet, Backstreet, Boys, our Backstreet Boys concert. Backstreet Boys obviously enjoyed it. Yeah. And then we, we had a, an Estedford at Toowoomba and Whitney was in the 10s, right? So the 10s, so only little kids, but they all, they're, in a, they're in a crew and they dance and this is Stedford. Caitlin was in the 15s at this stage, but we had a dinner at the Cube uh, Hotel in Toowoomba and there would have been 50 of us and about 10 or 12 kids. No, maybe more, 20 kids. And I walked past a couple of the young ones. Who I didn't, they kind of knew me as Whitney's dad, but didn't really know me. And I said, I'm the best dancer here. And I could, and I walked off and I could just see them like, who's this bloke? And there's no way. And then I later on, I walked past the same two girls. And said, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that you, you know, got what I said. And I'm the best dancer here. And I was like, okay, well, let's have a dance off. So in this um, pub... We, there was a pool table area. We moved all the pool tables aside and I did a big clinking of the, you know, got the knife on the glass and went clink, 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 clink. Everyone has attention, please. Like, and these, a lot of these people, we weren't a close group of people. Yeah. We kind of had a common link where our kids, but we sort of, you had little clicks like you six knew each other, you three knew each other, you four knew. But I just sort of said, I'm going to have a dance off with the kids. It's like, okay. And then we got the people on the bar to put on music. So the kids, they loved it. They came up and they danced. They put on this routine and they all wanted to be on the team against me. Of course. You know, and I'd rip out my running man and, you know, just doing some stuff. And I recruited a couple to my team, but the kids loved it. And they danced for probably the next hour and a half to two hours. And it just really created a really good fun atmosphere. So then 
at the end of the year, we had a, um, like with, with football, you have an end of the year Barbie at someone's house. I, I'm sure it's not like one of those Barbies. <laughs> So I decided to do something like that. Yes, like, uh, and I said to Leah, who runs this year, I said, look, I want to have an end-of-the-year barbecue. You know, get the, all this Stedford team, like all the age groups, bring them around to my house and we'll have a barbie, celebrate. I also had my stage. I thought, I'm setting up the stage too because I'm going to start calling them out. And in that time, I actually learnt some of the tens dance routine. <laughs> just by myself, I thought, I'm going to do this. So I, th- I just set it up. So then we had a barbecue and, uh, yeah, I said, okay, look, we're going to have another dance off. And there was lots of dads there this time. And we're all having a few drinks and whatever. And then, so when the tens got up, I actually stood up the back and I did their routine with them. Like about 30 seconds of it. And it's like, what? How do you know this? So like, oh, I learned it. And then I, so I basically encouraged the dads, how about we get up there and just do something? And it's like, they, they actually, I gave them all wigs and hats and stupid sunglasses and things just to make it a bit easier. So they put the Spice Girls on and us dads got up there it was a random mess. Your turn, my turn, whatever. Then you go, then you go. But we had a ball. It was funny. And the, and everyone, the kids loved it. The, the wives loved it. We got the mums up there to do, they did the nut bush as well. And that was cool. And But after that, it was like, hey, imagine if we actually learnt a routine. So why don't we do that for the next Barbie? Our, our guys, we, we learn a routine and we'll challenge the kids and we'll actually have something that's not a random mess. So then when we went to the USA at the end of 2009 and the girls on a dance tour. So they danced at... Uh, they Dis- danced at Disneyland, didn't they? Yeah, went to Disney Disney World, yeah, yeah. in Florida. So at a place called Disney Springs and then also into New York and they did some dance workshops. So it was a bit of a, um, uh, you know, we had to save up and everything, but we wanted to go on this trip. It was a trip of a lifetime. So we went there and, and once again, the dads mentioned it. Anyway, when we got back from the USA, I had another bar. It, we all had the post-holiday blues. Like we had such a good time. I said, let's all come to my house. Let's all have a barbie. Let's all sort of, you know, try and get over the post-holiday blues and focus on the year ahead and get back to, um, you know, sort of normal life because I had the time of our lives. And then we were there. We discussed it with the dads. Now, in the meantime, I was pretty confident this was going to happen. So I learnt choreo. I learnt a whole routine to Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars. It wasn't real... um, technical or anything it was almost like a zumba style you know routine so it was a lot of repetition but i said to the guys i've actually learned something come to the shed at the end of january you know and it's like yeah 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 yeah, whatever so we talked about it but then one of the guys who's in the crew now blinders david langdon he's and he said to me as he was leaving the barb he said see you at dance practice and i just laughed my head off i was just thinking how funny does that sound so i'll yeah, put it down in writing get on a message boys Friday night, my house. So we did, my plan was let's have two sessions. I'll teach you this, teach you this, you go home and rehearse it and in April or something we'll have a barbie and we'll challenge the kids. That was it. And the guys came, we learnt two sessions, broke it all down into eight counts, do this, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, then the next eight counts and then do this and then we repeat. It was pretty basic. So they learned it. But then one of the guys, Tangles, his wife works at the dance studio, said, oh, Leah said you can come and rehearse there on a Friday night. It's like, well, I didn't think it was going to be this big, but hey, okay, well, let's go there. And then we, we got into the dance studio, like big mirrors in front of you, and it's in the, the, the bar at the back, like the, the ballet bar. And then we're all lined up, a bunch of men, six of us at this stage, looking at these mirrors. It was kind of awkward and weird. It's like, you know, oh, okay, here we are in this dance studio. Okay, let's work through our routine. But this is when COVID hit as well. So then everything sort of shut down and everything stopped and then you couldn't have barbecues and you couldn't have, you know, you couldn't have anyone at your house. And so it was like, oh, it's ruined all our plans. Then we had to stop rehearsing and whatever. So, but then when rehearsals could start going again later in the year, you could still not have 
people at your house. You still couldn't have barbecues. And um, so we still practice. We thought, oh, well, like, when it's finished at the end of the year, we'll put on a performance. And, and, but in the meantime, Leah also, who runs Barrack Dance Centre, said, I want your dance to go in our end-of-year concert. We went, oh, wow, okay. And Just within the, within the actual company? Um, yeah, just company. the, ba- the Barrack the do their own concert. So we went, oh, wow. So, and, and the way it was, because you weren't allowed to do it live, once again, all the things were shut, we, we were going to get it filmed on a stage in an empty hall and it was going to, and it got played at, at Yatla drive-in. So everyone could go and sit outside and actually watch the concert. So instead of being in a, like a, in a, in a, in a hall yep. and, and watching it. So, but I was always like, oh, look, I, you know, I, I figure we're more Broadway than Hollywood. I wanted to do a live performance, you know, it's oh. like, no, we, we need to Gotta feel the room. Yeah, We just want to just, yeah, see what it, how it, how it sort of people took it. And um, so then the, about November, they restrictions changed. Just be, so we'd filmed the um, concert, but then restrictions changed. You get a fifty people at your house. Let's do it, guys. Let's do it. So we put on this night, and the reaction was unbelievable. They, the kids loved it, the wives loved it, and we had a ball and we had a really good night. We had two routines by then, and yeah, it was just lots of fun. It was another thing. I I had a whole night planned. I had. A uh, little Sage, who was a gymnastics dynamo, she's about four, did this opening act, and then I got the tens and the twelves, and then the fifteens, all to do dance acts, and then we came on. And uh, yeah, and and so that's basically was end of year one, and then we went, oh, let's do it again. Year two came around, the beginning of the year, Leah said, oh, do you want to go into Stedfords? And I said, oh, look, let me get back to you. She actually has an active part now. Well, does she does she help you? No, so so there is um you know I left out there's Megan now, um she's one of the teachers there. Megan's been really helpful when we first showed her our moves because it was lots of repetition. Like we would ju- we thought it was amazing and she was like asleep on the floor, and she tweaked it, she mixed it up. Okay, you know okay instead of you doing that, do the opposite. Instead of you walking left, you walk right, and she just positioned it, yeah. changed things up, and put this flair into it, which actually made it now. Oh okay, we get it. You know. Uh, and it started to be good. And then on the second dance, she choreographed a fair bit of it. Most of the choreograph, like I generally do, I'll find something on YouTube with a tutorial and I'll learn it. So, yeah, so Megan has helped us out. And then, yeah, go, and Leah, she doesn't, she just laughs. You know, she just, <laughs> she loves it. Um, You've earned her respect now, though, haven't you? Oh, she, she, does, she absolutely loves it. So it, that probably led to the pinnacle last year. Then when Sunrise, obviously, yeah. came to the studio, to film us. But were they... So I remember seeing this. That a mate of mine, I didn't know you were going to be on Sunrise. Yeah. And a mate of mine messaged me and said that Damo Giles is on Sunrise. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. And so I have. I wasn't far from home. I went straight home. And I thought I was going to miss... Because Sunrise is like seven or well, six till six, nine. Six till nine, yeah. Six till nine. And I think I must have got in at quarter past or half past seven. Yeah. And I think Megan my wife was in front of the television as I've come up the stairs and she's turned around and she's gone, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> yeah. And she goes, you've just missed Damo Dance. And then I thought, oh, well, I've missed it. I think you took over Sunrise. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You broke Sunrise. I don't even think... I Did any other group other than the men dance on the, Sunrise? The, they did. Obviously, the peak time is 7 and 7.30. Thirty, I believe. So at six o'clock we got the younger kids. Then at six thirty there was another lot, and then at eight, and then at eight thirty other kids did dance. But Sunrise specifically came for us, yes, because obviously we're different. It's unique. Yeah, it's, of course, it's, it's weird. It's you yeah. know, uh, and it's a bit of fun. So 
James Tobin was the the TV guy, um, the weather guy. Uh, he was filling in for um, I think it's Sam who normally does. But James, he was he was a top bloke. But he he posted it on his Instagram. But I, I suppose I go back then. So Leah asked me at the beginning of 20, 20, 21 Then, do you want to go into Steadfords? And I, that's why I said, look, we'll get back to you. And I, I talked to all the guys and. And I went back to Leah two two weeks later and I said, you know what? Because we had four new recruits. I was going to say, had yeah. it started to grow by then? Yeah, so we got four new recruits. And I said, like, well, you guys conscripted, you know, like by your kids. And basically, yes, like or challenged. Yes, <laughs> dad, do this. You know, I want you to do it. So we got, yeah, we got four new. So we're back to 10. We we're 10 then. And But then we, we talked about, do, do we want to do a Steadfords? There's a, there's a thing called the mature and motivated section. Like it's the Steadfords where our girls are dancing. We're going to be there. It's the best thing I've ever heard. Mature and motivated. Yeah. Do you want to do it? So anyway, two weeks later, I said, guys, let's have a go. Why not? And I said to Leah, we're keen. Leah went, yep, I'd already put you down. You're in two of Stedford's, already booked in. We went, oh, okay, rightio. She goes, I knew you'd do it. Yeah. So, so yeah. She knows you well as well. <laughs> yeah. So we did our first one at Ipswich and we brought the house down. The the noise, the screaming. So how many people are at these at Stedford's? Well, it, it, it depends, but at Ipswich, the first one, maybe there's about 400 people in the audience sort of thing. Right. Peek Inside the Panic Room is proudly sponsored by Straight Up Digital. If you're looking for an irreverent, no BS, results-focused digital marketing company on the Gold Coast, look for Straight Up Digital on all social platforms or at straightupdigital.com.au. The adjudicator is a lady who's, I, I don't know her name, but she's, you know, adjudicated so many dance things. She has spent a life in dance. Hasn't said a word through the whole week and weekends of the Estedfords. You know, just it's all quiet. Yeah. Then at the end of ours, it's like, okay, right. Now, listen, thank you so much. Um, I wish I was here with a glass of wine with all my friends. Oh, my God, that was just... And we thought, oh, okay, we get a special mention. Like, But one, it was... One super fan. It, it was just, And the crowd, it was just, they loved it. And it was just like, this is... It's really unique. It's really dominated by females. Like even in the kids, it's 95% females, yeah. 5% guys. Age group normally finishes around 21, 22. And then you've got all these old blokes that come out on the stage. So then, yeah, we did some more Stedfords that year. We did the end of year concert again. And by this time too, I'm now starting to really want to ramp up our choreo as well so you know we've got a couple of little sayings no like you know we've brought up like dance lexic like we get our lefts and rights mixed up a lot we our talent level is not good so we have to work pretty hard we want we don't want it to look like a random mess we want it to look like we've worked on it but we're not precision we're not, not professionals we're not you know at that level like our girls can learn and our kids like there's boys too can learn eight dances right in uh in a half a year or less a couple of months We'll learn two eight counts in an hour. We, we, we could learn tops like one to two dances in a year. Their, their ability, because they, they'll learn eight of Stedford dances, they'll learn eight concert dances, they'll do four dances for school, and you go, how the heck? And they're three, four minutes long, and it's not repetition, it's random moves. I am absolutely gobsmacked at how all these dancers can pick up these moves so quickly and learn it and have it locked in your head. Like after an hour, they'll learn a whole dance that has taken us four months to do. There, there's an innate level of talent for that to happen, right? So it's and you would know more than anyone now just how hard it is to dance. Uh, look, to the coordination, it's it it is like it's very difficult to coordinate um, and isolate your body 
parts to move, just move your shoulder, just move your hip, just move your head left and your butt goes out right. Like it's, it is very difficult to coordinate, um, it, it, yeah, and, and to learn and to actually do it in time and to, but it's, you know, repetition and get it, you know, practice, practice, practice over and over and over again. And eventually the song, the music has triggers, like there'll be, you just automatically know when they say that or when you hear that beat, you need to be in that position and that move. So eventually after a while you do get to, um, yeah. you can go kind of on autopilot and actually do it. We've got this thing called cringe sexy, which is kind of like our, for me, the basis of basis for us is fun is the number one thing. We've got to be fun. We've got to entertain the audience. We don't want to go out and there and be a serious dance crew because we don't have the talent. And it'd be like, what are these guys trying to do? You know, we go out there to have fun, to make them laugh. So for me, things like cringe sexy, what I mean is like you see some girl do some really sort of sexy move or something. We'll do the same move. We just make it cringe sexy. Yeah. We're trying to do it, but it's like, oh, look at that. But it's funny. So I've seen, I have seen a uh, routine around Britney Spears. Oh, yes. Which yes. is the, I think, the epitome of cringe sexy. Yes, yes. So I get it. Yes. Like I, I've been following you guys since the start. I yep. was one of the first to yeah. sort of get on the, the Barrick Dance <laughs> well, Dance you had to. You had to. I yeah. was, it was by default. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you guys, if you want to follow an Instagram account or a Facebook page that you're going to have a lot of fun following, you've got to follow Barrick's dad's dance crew because it's hilarious. And not hilarious in the laughing at them. It's hilarious that I cannot believe the size of the balls on these guys that they can do this and do it well. Yeah, it, look, people say public speaking's hard. Try public dancing. Yeah, no. Any form of performance is horrendous. It's frightening i think some people are naturally gifted at certain things i don't think many men are naturally gifted at dancing to get in front of a crew to get in front of it's hard to get in front of a crowd to be that's difficult man look for my crew like at, at top we had 11 of us now if i would by be by far the most comfortable there are guys that doesn't surprise me I, I, there are i've got them really shy introverted let's talk let's talk about some of the crew because yep. i know you've got some amazing characters in it yeah and i think you've even got the guy that looks after your social media blinders blinders who yep. is legitimately blind he's blind yes. he is incredible he is blind he's legally blind he's got macular degeneration everything that's in front of him is a complete blur he's got amazing peripheral vision his mate. peripheral vision is good 2020 to, to the point where it's like he is the most picky fastidious like I oh know listen you moved your hand on uh, count four it should have been on count five uh, someone I've seen them out the corner they moved their foot moved too quick you're it's dancing like, bad like, when the blind guy's picking you up yeah and he he <laughs> we go mate you are like the hardest taskmaster out of all of them I don't care if it's rough around the edges I'm fine but you know he is like no. Nah, Look here now. His fingers now. Nah, you got to move then, and now nah, you got to move at this time. And look, it's it's one, two, three, four. Do the hands at four. So don't do it on three. Do it on four. Okay. But it's the sum of the parts as well, right? So it, you need you need yes. all your different personalities. You need yes. all the different levels of seriousness. You need yep. all the yep. the different levels of talent yep. because it's the sum of the parts. It's not the individual. True. Yes. So he he also does all our social media. So he puts everything on Instagram. Does all that. Um, and he's. Brilliant, and he he he's got, does like video editing and does all these things. And when he's looking at a phone, he's got like a little <laughs> telescope thing, and the phone is attached to the telescope. So it's like one inch from his eye, 
with the telescope. When I first saw it, and I've worked with people that look at their phones really closely, and I remember saying to someone, how shit is this guy's eyesight? Yeah, he's blind. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah, that, that's it. But he came up with it. He said, what's your nickname? Blinders. Okay, Sweet. let's go with it. That works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not not as look not as creative as uh, yeah Damo well Whitey yeah right? yeah uh, how did we come up how with did these we come names? up with those nicknames yeah, yeah. then then there's yeah there's Tangles now Tangles has just gone on a, a bit of a spell but he's ganglious tanglious dance lexic but really good for the team yeah and and just always shows up he's um. Good team guy. Good, like Matt Gowan. Good team you know, guy. Low on talent, Absolute, but just a good team oh, guy. And the low on talent yeah. bit is him. So yeah. he, he was the one that coined the phrase Dan Slexi. He said, I'm Dan Slexi. He's like, you sure are, mate. Like, yeah. seriously. But he works hard. And in the end, as long as we're all moving in the same direction, that's fine. Yeah. It looks okay. Like, we're not. it's not about technique. It's about, you know, just us going with the flow. Um, Rocky Raccoon is another good one. He's uh, Linton. He still plays rugby league. Yeah. So he plays in the Masters Rugby League. So even at BPAC, which we did the other week, he was a bit like, oh, I have to go and play league first. It's like, how old was he? 38, 39. Oh, move on, mate. Yeah, he's still playing in Masters. I mean, move he's on, like, Rocky. He's, he's like, it's incredible. It's like he's still playing rugby league. And that's why I was saying to the dance people, oh, look, what time do you reckon we're going to go on? Because I've got a guy still playing football. You know, like, <laughs> I've still got a guy playing league. And it's like, how often do the people at the dance, um, yeah. the Steadfords, Oh yeah, they yeah they're running late because one of the guys still playing football. Well, it could be it could be the dance equivalent of my dog ate my homework. Yeah, it's just, I know. As, just as believable. Sure, he's oh, out playing. Yeah, he's playing yeah. footy. Yeah, so um, that that's blinders. Um, we got Steve, who's a real backbone of our team. Um, Steve's ex Navy guy, but he's actually a good dancer. I can trust him to just you know he'll learn it. He knows it, but he is riddled with injuries. <laughs> he's got knees. He's hobbling in. He's always got knee braces on. He's limping around, you know, hobbles in, yet he'll still do it. He'll just push through it. He came in, he got, uh, he, he stepped on a rusty nail or something and he got uh, like a septic sort of thing and he, he came in with a drip in a bum bag. <laughs> to, I said, what the hell are you doing here? Committed. Absolutely. Committed. So, but he's, so him blinders and... and so what, what is it, what is it? Is it like core, God, crew, family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just hardcore, like just there. But um, yeah, then run through. We've got Sarge, he's an ex army guy. We've got Jimmy Q, who's a postie. We've got um, Wolf JK, who's a banker, but he's a classic guy, just funny bloke. Even got, though he's a banker? Yeah, Johnny Lawrence. So he's a he's a bit of a black belt in something. So we call him Johnny Lawrence. You I was going to say. He, he, he is the most unreliable, though, of the crew. He's been like twice this year. He just rocks up whenever he wants, oh, and it doesn't on. matter. Come on, Billy Zabka. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's like, just come whenever you want, mate. And then afterwards, we, we go for about an hour, and then he has a beer. Then we yeah. have a beer. And, he, and he's, but he really embraces, he was in the um the Sunrise thing. He embraces the cringe sexy. Yeah. He is bunging on the faces, the winks, the pouts. He bungs it on brilliantly. Yeah. And then we've got Trig, who's, who's also the lawny. He's um, just started his own business. Now, Trig's had a bit of a break as well because he's because that's the thing. We've all got work. So yeah. trying to organise us sometimes to all be in the same place is like herding cats because yeah. it's like, well, like we had another guy, Cinders, Cinderella. He had, you know, he's a lot of commit commitments with his son's soccer. You know, so then you'd have Linton with rugby league and then what? Tangles with work. And When's the crew going to come first, mate? Yeah. <laughs> 
it, 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 it's very difficult. So it's uh, always darkest before the dawn. It, oh, it is. What are you going to find? You, you wait. Yes. You wait, mate. Like these, <laughs> you're going to bust through, and these guys are going to be running after you. Yeah. So um, look, I, look, I've been a pretty good stable. Then I'm pretty much there all the time. So I'll go and learn the choreo. I teach them. I get Megan in to help me when I need her. The guys can give me ideas, but it's very difficult. Everyone's got their own different ideas, so it's it's hard to sort of go. Oh, yep, yeah, okay, that, there's that, 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 that. But look, for me, I've got to know, can I learn it? Because I'll, I'll, I'm six months in advance of the guys. There's a lot of stuff that I don't really see what I do, kind of behind the scenes. So I'm six months advanced learning choreo to make sure that when I, because it's very hard to learn from a video, it's a much harder when you're in person, you can teach it so they can learn it better. I can teach them. So how many hours a week are you committing to uh, for the crew? M- for, for me, personally? I, well, so it's my exercise routine. It's probably about 20 minutes to half an hour. So instead of doing, you know, aerobics or a treadmill or something, I'll just go and go through the Britney routine. I'll go through our uh, Run DMC routine. I'll go through our uh, Queen body language routine. I'll go through our uh, Daddy Cool Bunny M routine. You know, and, and I get a sweat up. And this is what I found about the dance is, is an amazing sport. It is amazing for fitness. It's amazing for your rhythm, for your coordination. And I said, your, your memory trying to learn things. It, I honestly think, you know, when I was a kid, there was no way I would have ever danced. No I, I did not realise. I just did not have a clue. And this is another thing that we want to do as men, as males, getting up there dancing, showing that, hey, blokes, boys, get up there, do it. Because the girls love the guys. Now, there are different sorts of guys that obviously dance as some... You know, little scrawny guys, whatever that you know, sit up the back and whatever. And but they're still part of it. And they're yeah. amazing dancers. But then you get some blokes that are cut to pieces. It's like look at the physiques on these blokes. And every dance, they've always got their shirts off. Well, you know, they're in on the secret. You see the mums in the audience. Uh, I mean, you know, there's this one kid. He dances for a dance school called Annette Rosalie Ballet, and they're amazing ballet dancers. And this kid. He's ballet, he's contemporary. He is built like a Olympic swimmer. They get his shirt off and everything, and I can just <laughs> just feel everyone in the audience is like, oh, look at this bloke. And they are loving him. And I look at him and go, this kid has got it made in the shade. Yeah. And the thing with boys too that dance, well, when you go into the real world, they still need equal amount of girls and guys to dance in for pink or for TV yeah. shows or whatever. The, ta- the, the, the pool for guys is really small, you know, so they have got so many opportunities where girls, it's really competitive and mm. there are so many good girls. They compete against each other and so many amazing girls will miss out just for the sheer volume yeah. of how many there are. And I can tell you there are so many good young girl dancers. And, the, and I suppose the thing, because these boys are kind of rare, boys do kind of get the limelight a lot. Oh, we've got the one boy, we've got the two boys, let's yeah. get them up the front, whatever thing. And you, then you start looking, but... You know, because they want to showcase the guy because it does create a little bit of a layer in the choreography. Myst- and mystique. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and but you see all these amazing girls. It's like, mm. hell, th- these girls are our school. <laughs> they be top of the pops. But, you know, so, yeah, boy power is a superpower. The other superpower in dance is that I have discovered is the amount of kids on stage. You know, there are some schools that would have 40 kids on stage. And when you look at this whole thing holistically, this big performance of a whole stage, this layered choreography where they're doing different things and working in different sections and different pods and they bring it all together and you just sit back. And I, I'm amazed. I love it now. I love going to Stanford now. I still adjudicate. I still sit there. And now I'm actually going on stage. Do you have your own dressing room? 
Well, that's a or do you real. Have to get, do you have to get dressed in the toilet or out in the hallway in the car well, park? Well, yes, yes, and yes. Are they going to have to start like remodeling some of these? It, it is really awkward because we've no one is expecting to see. But oh, you're in the barrack. You're for barrack dad um, or barrack dance centre. That's what we're under. Yeah. Yeah. Go get changed there. It's like yeah. Well, that's full of fifteen year old girls getting changed. Yeah. We're not going to walk through there, and we're worried that you know you look somewhere yeah. and someone looks at you and you get eye contact there and they're getting changed. You think we just can't even risk it. Um, we don't want to be anywhere near there. So at Red, at this Redcliffe Steadford, we got changed out the front on the grass. It's like we just there was no way we were going to get changed in this big mass thing. And then at BPAC the other week, it was yeah, you're in that change room, which was this big open plan change room. We go look at us. We're we're a bunch of old blokes. We're not going to go in there. So they went and opened up a because it was at a school, yeah. uh, a demandable, and just gave us our separate room. It's like yep, you guys jump in there. We're like, oh, how privileged are we? Yeah, but are we? yeah so it's generally um, that's why I think it's like it's always a bit of a shock. So we've had to share it with our kids. though, dance rooms like okay, you guys get out now, come back in ten minutes, and then we'll just get out of here. So we have to coordinate it. But it is we have changed the um, the dynamic of. Oh look, yeah, you'll go get changed at these open plan change rooms, you know. It's like, yeah. and now, now he's, down the walls. here comes ten men. Yeah, it's like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. so where to now for the for Barrickstead Dance Crew? Yeah, well, so obviously, you know, we will we're going to continue as is. I think we've got a really good f- dance formula now. So that B Pack Steadford we did the other week, the f- the the feedback, the sound. Uh, was just incredible. So we went up against two other dance schools. We went up against uh, the Confidance Cloggers Tap Dancing Crew, and uh, Alicia's Dance Studio, which is a, you know, ladies probably aged between you know, 30, 50, whatever. They do a proper jazz routine. And it's all very good. And then there's these blokes that come on and do this cringe, sexy routine where we're, you know, and the crowd erupt. The audience erupt as soon as they just see, oh heck, look at this. There's nine blokes that have just walked out and they just erupt and they love it and we have a good laugh at ourselves we want to make sure it's entertaining so if we're it's what I say to the guys too uh, you're doing a thing like oh, I say do this you know wiggle your butt here or you do that and you know, face your butt to the audience and do it and it's like oh, I can't do that it's like listen I know it's really uncomfortable to do it and and like I said a lot of these guys are really they're not natural performers a lot of them they, they're struggling to dance and they've never danced before never performed on stage before you get up there and wiggle your ass in front of 700 people like it's difficult yeah. but when they do it the reaction is amazing if we got up there and just did stock stand run of the mill here's an eight can here's a combo just throw that in it's not going to work no. we need, need to do things that are going to be different they're going to be funny so the way that the formula we have is I like to do something sort of cringe, sexy. Like with the Britney, we did the exact Britney moves from, oops, I did it again, you know, with the heartbeat thing and the whole, we do the whole thing exactly the way that she does it. And the way we do it, obviously. Exactly the way. In our cringe, sexy version. Yeah. So we do it like that. So the formula, I think we do a bit of a cringe, sexy thing. And then we do this upbeat sort of tempo, like disco-y. That's why we bring in like Boney Air with Daddy Cool. And it's more of a celebration then where the audience then start clapping along. So we do the first bit, we get the ooh, the ah, the laughs, the like, oh my God, to then the, the celebration, which is the, you know, bring it home and they're clapping along. It's a fun song. Everyone knows it. And then, and like after the, the adjudication of, of BPAC, so there was four of us. that We did two performances and the others did one each. And, you know, the guys going, oh, well, look, they're all good tap dancers and they're all good jazz dancers. And I think, but you, you cannot deny the sound of that audience. You cannot. 
and then and then I spoke to my wife afterwards. The adjudicator was basically almost giving us a standing ovation, <laughs> arms in the air, clapping. And there was 700 people in the audience, yeah. just full on, just cheering us on. I said, look, you know, and look, at the end of the day, who we do we do want to win, but like, who gives us stuff? But so there's four of us, we're two of them. So we, we got a fourth place. We did this, um, like a hip hoppy sort of song for Run DMC and a bit of Jay-Z and Linkin Park. We do a bit of that. And then we did our Cringe Sexy, which is definitely our... Sweet spot. And that's it. That's in in our wheelhouse. But uh, yeah, so we got a fourth and the other two got third and second. And first was our Cringe Sexy. And I just said, look, you can't deny the crowd. You just listen to it. They are just loving it. it, But once again, is it because we're good? No, it's because we're unique. We're different. We're a bunch of blokes in a really female dominated thing. We are just so unique. Yeah. And it's just funny. And like these guys, like beforehand, our hearts are beating. Like you get dry mouth, you get lactic acid build up in your legs. It's incredible. It's like that three and a half minutes just absolutely destroyed me. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll run through it 10 times at rehearsal and have no issues. But just as soon as you get on stage. Well, the, like, it's the adrenaline. Yeah, Wolf, you know, JK, honestly, he is a deer in headlights. He, he, you can see he's almost like passing out before he goes on, and I make him run out first. I said, I want you to walk out there like some Andalusian stallion. Just prance it out, mate. Bang it out. So you lead us out. And he's, uh, he's and he does it. He, he's brilliant. But he, you know, he's a, he's a, a banker. Like, no one yeah. parties like a banker. Absolutely. Hey, or an accountant. Jeez. Absolutely. But, mate... Now he's getting up on stage. Oh, and I did leave out one. We got a new guy this year, Blair. Blair's a brickie. Blair's 33. He's... Bringing su- the average down. Yeah. He, <laughs> I know. By a super, but, you know, Blair also suffers from dyslexia, but he is always there. He's always helping out. He's always trying to learn. He's just, he's t- you know, he's just got to work on his timing and things. But And it doesn't matter. Like, blinders will want us to be like Torval and Dean-style precision. And then I say, oh, okay, well, have a look at Blair at the back. Or have a look at Tangles, you know. Have a look. We're going to be rough around the edges. And and some guys, you know, like the whole thing about dance too, you want to really stretch out your arms. Like, but, you, you know, you can sort of take shortcuts. You do little T-Rex arms, you know, just little, you know, oh, just move that way and move that way. You can shortcut all their moves. And it doesn't matter if you full-on do it, technically perfect, or if you kind of do it in a rough sort of dad sort of way. Um, and, and that's, and yeah, that's kind of part of it. That's like part of the beauty is we're not precision. We're not unreal when, but we do need a dance appreciative audience. Yeah. So if all of a sudden they said, yeah, go on half time for the state of origin and do your cringe sexy thing, people will be going, look at these morons, you yeah. know, like they don't get it. They yeah. don't understand. So we do need that dance appreciative audience that understands what we're doing so we're happy to do it in a steadfords and things and and even even the dance concert though there's a lot of mums and dads that just go or grandparents that go because their kids are in it yeah so we kind of also put on more of a show i'm working on a, a new routine um, of you are. for the show and it's going to be a bit of a michael jackson-y sort of type thing so it'd be more of it's not not pulling out the this cringe sexy move but more putting on like a like an overall sort of entertaining sort of show and just doing a bit of Michael Jackson sort of impersonation yeah, nice. sort of stuff. But um, yeah, but different audiences get different reactions. So that, for, for the Estevids, it, it is all about you just bunk, you pull the face, you pull the, you know, the blue steel, you look it straight down there, there and you rub your leg or whatever and, and, you know, you look back over your shoulder at the audience and pout and bung it on and, uh, yeah, but they love it. So it's, it is pretty funny. Yeah. 
is it is can anyone join? Is it is it open just to the dads, or are you looking? Well, it's you so, looking for recruits. I always am looking for recruits. It's um so ideally, you know, it's there's a lot of dads that you know, have kids that go to Barrick Dads or Barrick Dance Centre, and so I, we always put out these recruit back. You know, we use the old like the Uncle Sam. We yeah, want we you want to, with yeah. the, with the finger pointing, and we put it on the Barrick page and. Like I said, the year before we got four newbies and then this year we got one newbie. All conscripted, all forced to come, yeah. sort of thing. It's like, no, got challenged by the kids. But, yeah, so it has been if you are a dad. Now, there's a lot of dads there that I speak to. I'm, I'm friends with them. But there's no way in the world they're going to do it. Yeah. There's just no chance. I said, come on, you know. No, no chance. And that's fine. But, you know, so like, but you're always welcome to come and have a, you know, we, we dance for about an hour on a Friday night, learning something, and then we all sit down, we all have a beer, and then we just chat. Yeah. And it's just normal talk. But the... The, the, the change room talk honestly reminded me of like being with you guys in the locker room, yeah. same, same conversations. Yeah. It was the same conversations except we're in a locker room getting changed for a dance. On the, the, red, on the Red Bulls and the Sudafed. Yeah, yeah. But the, and the conversation was exactly like it was if I'm in a rugby league union or a league Is, change was, room. Was there one of them like in the corner vomiting in the toilet? I, or, and Buck? Honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We have guys that are almost... Vomiting, toilet breaks, yep, nervousness, um, unbelievable. It's exactly the same. And even afterwards, you have a debrief. Oh, you know, remember, like, I scored that try, I belted the crap out of that guy. This is where our conversation used to be. And yeah, I was yeah, like, can you believe I missed that eight count? Oh, yeah. my God, I went left and I should have gone right. No, I didn't do that. And, oh, yeah, well, I nailed that eight count. And, oh, yeah, I made sure I got... That's the debrief. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, I can't believe this debrief conversation. <laughs> like, I've gone from, you know, like... Oh, smash them, fucking smash them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too... <laughs> like oh, counting, yeah. counting how many fucks that would be sitting in a pregame, <laughs> um, you know, address by the coach or yeah, or the oh yeah, with a coach yeah. talk, yeah. yeah. But the, yeah, so there's no real pre-warm up psych up talk. It's more a bit of a laugh and uh, let's quite nervousness. Fun. Yeah, quite nervousness. yeah, and it, it, but, and we all we all are pretty nervous. I think I think Blair actually the new player. He he always has a couple of beers beforehand. You know, you look uh, in his bag nice. and you go, oh, yeah, about a couple. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, just gonna. You know, his, his wife dro- his wife drops him out. <laughs> his daughter Alora, she's only six and she's into everything, but she loves the fact he's in it. Oh, she, she loves would. it, yeah. and that's what, and my kids too. So in that. I showed you that video of our BPAC performance, but yeah. if you listen, you can hear this before it starts. Come on, Dad. And I didn't hear it when I was there, but it's Caitlin. Like, she's yelling from the back of the theatre, you know, and it's like, oh, my gosh, that's your voice, Caitlin. And then it gets taken over by yeah, yeah. crowds screaming. Oh, well, of but, course. But the kids, you know, like Caitlin and Whitney, you're like, oh, my God, Dad's doing this. And even my wife, Jodie's like, oh, my God, you're doing this. But in the end, they'll come and watch. They'll support. and they'll, Then they have a good laugh. So you know it's it's embarrassing and it's also oh there'd be a fun though. pride though there'd be no yeah, like, well, I know yeah, that, yeah. I know that like and look I know that Jody takes the piss yeah but there's an element inside her that she's really proud that you're doing it like yeah and yeah it's essentially yeah this started because of the girls for sure well so it's, yeah but Jody she danced when she was young and she she she's always wanted to be known as the, you know as the dancer parent of the family it's like well you're not. <laughs> It's yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. Move over. Yeah. Move so, used to be the singer, now I am. Yeah. Used to be the dancer, now I am. What, what are you good for, Jones? Yeah. Yeah. What are you good for? You make a reasonable slow-cooked curry. Yeah. Right? That's it. That's the only reason you're around. I know. So, but, but, you know, and the thing too, yeah, like I've said, well, get the mums, get the mums. You, you can form, they're not, but they're not going to do it. Oh, but the mums wouldn't do it. But, but it's really to organise it, you just need one to commit. So a lot of people just in every, oh, we'll catch up, we'll do this, we'll do this. It only happens if someone goes, 
let's do it, let's organise it, and actually goes ahead and, and does it. Well, mate, it's, it's, like when, it's where the rub hits the road. Absolutely. And it's like anything. It's like starting these podcasts. I talked about doing a podcast for three years. It wasn't until I actually thought, stuff it, I'm just going to do it. Yes. Did it happen? You've just got to just take the one step. Don't think about the end goal. No. Just take the one step. And then after you've done the one step, then it's the next it step. It evolves. It progresses. It, it does. It does. And I think that it's always when we think about the end goal that we – it's too big. It's too big a goal. It's too hard. There's so many excuses. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't do that. I can't if, – if you thought straight away, I want to get this – I want to get these six guys. We're going to be in a Steadford. There's yeah. no fucking no, way not a chance. you start. Not a chance. There's no way you no, start. A year and a half ago, I still wouldn't have been going in a Steadford. Wouldn't have considered it. I yeah. knew we had a dancer. But it, was a, it was the beginning of last year, but no way. It's like, what? And yeah. now, it's like, yeah, the, the people that run the Steadfords, they love us. <laughs> well, you're getting you're getting invitations now. It's, it's going to be called the, the Barrickstead Dance Crew Invitational. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. It's going to be like the Catalina Wine Mixer. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greats, yeah, of course, old stepbrothers. Yeah, but I did mention, yeah, the ladies at Wynnum, they took a real liking to us at the Wynnum of Stedford. We, I was telling them, that, you know, they all the volunteers that work there, and I said, uh, we're dancing soon. They're going, what, you? I said, yeah, yeah, me and this, and I pointed out front, these guys out here, and they're going, oh, you know, so these ladies probably in their 60s, 70s, and so, Oh, you're going to get the shirts off, well, you know? You, what, what are you guys going to? Yeah, well, we might, you know. Hey, yeah, you know. Depends. Oh, and they, but they were literally saying, "Oh, yeah, the eye candy." We're going. I'm going to the the blokes. You know, we're aged between obviously 33 now, and I think Steve's the oldest. He's 53, maybe 54. You know. Oh, we're apparently the eye candy yeah, here, guys. Right. You know, they're loving it, and they all came in to watch us when we did our performance. Loved it. And yeah. once again, it's different. It's just like what. Um, and the poor other girls that we competed against, M Dance, they put on a routine. They were. Probably ladies in their thirties, forties, maybe, and pretty good dancers, and yet we came out with our, <laughs> our cringe, sexy, and our disco, Blew them away. and just <laughs> absolutely is like, all right. And I think, I think, I think one of the ladies in um, one of the other dance schools, because we're all in it, we we, we wear trading gear for our for our cringe, sexy one, and she said to one of the guys backstage, "I've got some plumbing at home that needs some looking at." <laughs> <laughs> We're oh my god! Okay, yeah. So it it it's pretty funny. <laughs> like this is Sarge, and Sarge was telling me now. Yeah, he's oh got. Yeah, it's just sort of just funny. But Leah's on the side, and Megan's on the side of the stage, trying to tell us to smile and do this, and oh and they. So they're the people that you know. Yeah. They yeah. but they they love it so. Yeah. Well, it's ma- it would be massive for them. You would be a massive. Well, the sunrise thing was massive yeah. for the studio. Yeah. You know, to have them there for three hours. Yeah. You know, and specifically because they contacted our Instagram page. Yeah. Said, can we come and do something? They'll, we think it'd be. And like I said, James Tobin doesn't put his weather subjects on his Instagram. Yeah. But if you just scroll back, you know, to sort yeah. of mid last year, it's like there we are. He loved us. Yeah, He's, I remember watching. He was having a lot of fun. Oh, he did. He loved it. He came and joined us. You know, and he put on them bringing cringe sexy, cringe sexy back. That's he, right. You know, I don't think he'd make the cut. No, from what I saw. No, yeah. So, James, stick to the weather. Yeah, but he, he watched our Britney one, so he didn't know we were going to do it. Like, the producer worked it out with us, and then it's, we don't want to show James. Wait, and, and and when James saw it, he loved it. And the sunrise, like, Koshy, and they were just cacking their yeah, heads off. they were. It was amazing. And Barrett's cacking his head yeah. off. They just really found it funny. And then then we did our second dance, which probably was a bit more of a... It doesn't have as much of the cringe, cringe sexy. It's just kind of more of a hip-hoppy sort of thing, and I could, and I really could tell that they liked the cringe sexy. And then when they replayed things, they kept doing the Britney moves, kept doing the Britney moves, and that really then cemented the 
the sort of the path that we kind of do need to stay yeah, on. For sure. And I've seen, uh, and Steve sent me out some email, some other dads, dance crews. They're very similar, all doing a sort of hip hoppy sort of combo things. And I'm thinking, yeah, like I want to, it's okay to do it in bits, but we are unique. Yeah. Well, I don't want to be like the other dads. This is around the world, by the way. One's yeah. in the UK, one's in, I think, Canada. It's not like there, there wouldn't are, be many. There's in not many. I don't think there's any. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I said, no, we, uh, like, yeah, we've got our formula, which is based on fun entertainment make them laugh take the piss out of ourselves and then have a bit of a disco sort of celebration sort of thing and it's it's different you know it's just a bit of daggy dancing sort of coordinated daggy dancing in a way as well yeah so so when you're not bringing down the house with the Beric dad dance crew you're a massive surfer right? yeah you love to surf you yeah. surf down here on the goldie yep. at the alley yep and you've been doing that for a long time yep are you any good <laughs> This is a question I get asked a lot because for a guy that, that surfs a lot and surfs in a lot of comps, are you any good? Well, uh, you know, I, I don't surf as much as I used to, but, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've won a few events. Only, like, I'm talking local. Yes. Local sort of yeah. stuff. But, uh, you know, I've been the, uh, the, the, the over-45s champion at the alley for a few years in a row. I, well, back now, no, I'm in the over-50s now, but I haven't gone in any comps because, I, honestly, I, I, when I surf now, I hurt my back. But... Um, no, I can. I could hold my own. I suppose you know. Um, you have a lot of fun. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. But you know, like well, I have a few injuries, and you know, coming back to surfing, I had about two years off, and I s sort of came back at the beginning of last year. And man, for the first three four months, oh, it was really difficult just to, you know, get back into it. But um, yeah, no, I, I still I still love it, but I just don't have as much motivation. And honestly, I get as much fun now out of the dance crew. Careful. Yeah, as I do yeah, yeah. as as. As surfing and and even just sort of coming up with ideas and oh we could do that and and I and I yeah and, and but also with the the girls like they've always got a Stedford's on that B pack Stedford went for like a month yeah, wow. it was all diff different because they're in different age groups and uh, there's this on then there's this on and oh the jazz is this weekend there's ensembles this weekend which means smaller groups and but I and I just enjoy watching the big dance schools the, the like I said a lot of them around the Gold Coast here Dance Force Dance Tech yeah. Launch and Sheridans and there's Conroy and um, who is promenade these big schools and they are fantastic to watch. I yeah. really enjoy watching them. They just got these, you know, but they're they're like schools like from Fame, like where you go to school and you dance for half your day and you do schoolwork for half your day. Does anyone wear shorts above their trackies? Like Leroy, like Leroy. Oh yeah, that was such a good look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't, which is which is a shame. I'm not yeah. in there. I'm out. Um, so, but I do love going to watch those. But you know, that's the thing, though, with dancing. There's a lot of different levels when they all go to competitions to a Stedfords. There are some that just dance once a week, and they've only been dancing for one or two years. Going up against these hard school, these schools that have been drilled so well, and it probably. But the thing is, and a lot of adjudicators do say, don't look at your opposition. You know, don't. Don't get disheartened when you see, you know, like some amazing ballet school like Annette Rosalie or Queensland National Dance. You know, they're all on point and they're all amazing. You know, you got to sort of compete against yourself. And, and as long as you – because they're never going to compete against some of these schools that are yeah. just almost semi-professional. But just you do what you do. As long as you're improving, well, that's the main thing. And you just get better and better because everyone's diff got different motivations, different skill levels, different commitment levels. So, yeah, and that's the thing with Dan. Uh, yeah, there are there are some differences. But, uh, yeah, it, it is good watching those really good schools. It's just uh, like we, we really do love it. And it, it shall continue? 
Oh, absolutely. So my daughter, like, so Caitlin's now a qualified dance teacher. She's in year 12 at school. So she's she's a qualified teacher. She's coming up with some amazing choreo. She's helping out with the school. She did some choreo for a girl that competed in these ATOD state championships the other week for a hip-hop, like a slow hip-hop. Caitlin came up with it. And, and so Caitlin's really trying to look at a lot of these big schools. You know, look what they're doing. Look at their choreography. Look at what's on YouTube. Look what's current. And really, yeah, being creative and current and coming up with some really good... Because it, you can't just come up with something. Or you, A lot of the times you can get lazy with choreo. I'll just throw that combo in there and just throw that combo in there. Like it's an eight count. There's eight beats. Just throw that in. But you're, if you really think about it, hear the music, listen to it, you can come up with... You know something that really suits, or a move that actually really suits that that whatever you're trying to convey. You, you know, we're not a contemporary sort of group. You know, there are people that do really emotional sort of dances, and that that's not us. You know, we're not going to, you know, do some heart wrenching story. We we are just pure fun. You know, cringe, sexy, yep. disco, whatever, daggy dancing. But the, the girls come up with some stories that you you know you might feel quite emotional. Um, and there's different things. Some are really. Uh, energy effort but yeah so Caitlin's still doing it Whitney's still doing it Whitney's actually in the Australian ATOD championships next weekend actually she's representing Queensland in hip-hop so um, so look I suppose it's like with boxing there's the you know IBF and there's the WBA and there's all these different classes so this is ATOD which is Australian Teachers of Dance so there's you know probably 30 40 schools around Australia that do that so they're competing against people from New South Wales, um, Victoria. So, and, and it's in a different state every year. It happens to be in Brisbane this year. So, Whitney's, you know, she's going to get a Queensland tracksuit and she's going to go and, Sweet. you know, compete in hip hop. So, that'll be next weekend and they'll continue to do that. And, and, and but I even said to, you know, Caitlin, um, not that long ago, like, once you all stop going, I'm still going to go to those at Stepford's. I'm going to still go there and sit in the audience and just watch. Like, you know, I mean, and maybe like the girls might have all left Barrack and it still might be me you're and a bunch need, of old blokes still you're dancing. Need, you're going to need to get a blue card though. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I do have one that has expired back from my rugby coaching days. Yeah. Look, look, if someone had said to me 20 years ago that in 20 years' time you're going to be sitting with Damo and you're going to be talking about his dad's dance crew, I would have said, no, but I'm not surprised that I'm sitting here talking to you about this. Well, that's exactly the same with me, with you, with your love for movies, yeah. your passion, that the same thing, you know, you know, something like, you'd be like, oh, it'd be difficult for him to do, but fuck, I could easily see him doing it. Yeah. And so, you know, if you, you got your born to watch and now you got this and your, your job that you got here and yeah. it suits you to a T. Yeah, it's, it's funny when you find something that you... It's about the passion, about finding your passion, isn't it? Mm. And it doesn't matter what it is. I think you've got to do what makes you happy. And I think some of us look forever to find that, that one thing. And it doesn't have to be one thing. But when you do find that one thing that makes you happy, it makes life a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. Look, if anyone is interested <laughs> in joining the Barrack Dad Dance Crew, you've just got to go to their Instagram page. Just go check it out, Barrack Dad's Dance Crew. That's it. Message message blinders. If yeah. you can read it, he'll get back to he'll you. He'll get his telescope out and the phone up to his eyeball. Well, it, see, the other thing is when he goes to the Steadfords, he's sitting there with like this mini sort of telescope thing. <laughs> and people are – because he's watching, you know, his daughter who's 14. And then people are looking at this bloke going, why has he got a telescope looking at 14-year-old girls? Like mm. – it's awkward for him. Has he got a blue card on his telescope? Oh my god! Like I just, but he's a really quiet, uh, just you know, yeah. And people ask him, it's like, yeah, look, I'm, I'm blind, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> legitimately, yeah, legitimately. So, yeah, that's hence the telescope thing. Yeah, yeah. it's like, man, <laughs> funny man, it's funny, mate. I have 
had a ball. It's been amazing. Yep. I've enjoyed it, and it won't be. I don't think it'll be the last time we talk to to Damo Giles. No, he's got he's got a few stories to tell, and we're having a lot of fun in peek inside the panic room as well. It's it's a dream come true for me, and it's great because I get to talk to a whole heap of different people. I get to to talk to my good mates, explore their lives, explore their passions, and you know you don't have to be famous to have a story to tell. And I think that your story is one that has to be told. And as we said, if you want to be involved with Barracks Dad Dance Crew or just the or Barracks Studio. Oh yeah, bring you your know, kids. Yeah, bring it's your a, kids. It's a good, fun studio. It's um, yeah. yeah. And I think that he's on the lookout for for more fresh meat because oh, yeah. there's Bloody plumbing oath. at home that needs to be fixed. <laughs> yep. And uh, as long as it's it's have Bisley work shirt, we'll travel. And and is that a uniform? Yeah, it has been. It's been a fun. One it's been a fun time. Yeah, yeah, one of them. One. Of yeah. them. It's been a fun time, mate. And thank you so much for joining. No, us I appreciate today. it. it was good. And we can't wait to get you as a guest on Born to Watch. And we also can't wait. I'll and be available. i just got to know the movie. This is it. And you will. And we, we might say a bit of a sweet spot for you. It might be you know, something, something. 27 stuff. dresses. Well, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that. Or 16 candles. <laughs> yeah. uh, one of them. One yeah. of them. But, mate, thank you so much for joining me. It no. was amazing. It'll be fun. And uh, hopefully we'll press record. Yeah. Well, we did this time and the levels are good. <laughs> I haven't fucked up this time like I normally do. <laughs> You know, partially muted or whatever I've done in the past and had to record whole episodes again, but this one I think it's, uh, it's looking pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Peek Inside the Panic Room. If you want to hear more of the chaos, make sure you follow us to stay up to date. Don't forget to give us a five-star review and check out our socials at Straight Up Digital. <laughs>